What's going on, everybody? This is the Catholics Who Cuss Sometimes podcast. My name is Pepe, and every episode, my good friend Rob and I will be sitting here recording these conversations, you know, occasionally having a guest, and we'll either be blessing you, boring you, or annoying you with these conversations. But uh, either way, we hope you get something out of it. If you do, praise God. If you don't, praise God even more. We're just glad you're here. So, uh, yeah, sit back and enjoy this first episode of the Catholics Who Cuss Sometimes podcast. Peace and blessings. What is up, bro? It's crazy, man. I'm good. Uh, Today was especially difficult. I had like I had a meeting at seven in the morning because we hired someone new at work and he's on the East Coast. So I had to onboard his ass at seven o'clock my time. That was the <laughs> earliest I would give him. And then I had a meeting here at the school at like eight thirty. So just a long talking, day. Now I'm talking to you at midnight, man. <laughs> not even midnight, but it feels like that. But it's definitely not all, midnight. All good stuff though. Like I People complain about their work, man. What I do for work is I like just talk to people. So it is kind of cool. We are blessed in the sense of what God has allowed for us to do to make a living. It is What am I trying to say here? It's it's almost seems unfair based on some of my other friends' jobs. Isn't it crazy that I try to convince people that, bro, there's a you can really make a living like spiritually taking care of people <laughs> or trying it's crazy or try to for the most part people pay for that man i'm not talking it's... about trying to make a living i mean trying to spiritually be there for oh people. <laughs> correct correct yeah 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 i won't pretend like I, I i'm 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 super good at it but you know That's right blessed we're not saviors <laughs> blessed nonetheless yes. to be there but um yeah dude have you uh not to turn anyone away that doesn't like this stuff, but Rob and I are just fans of this. But are you are you seeing the Lakers, bro, right now? Are you seeing LeBron with a tendon injury? Yes, yes, I know. But the acquisitions that we made, and again, I apologize man. to anyone that came here solely for just spiritual things. We will get there, but this, this is, is just a part of our life. It is a spiritual experience. <laughs> I'm telling you, I watched, I saw these new Lakers, and I, I saw Russ, I saw D'Lo in that first game back, and I was like, man, this feels good. It like, was so smooth, bro. It was so smooth. He's the one Laker I didn't want back, but then <laughs> when I saw him, I was like, damn, this, I, thank God. You know, I praised the Lord for a moment. <laughs> I thought it was nice, and then you see guys go down, and you're like, I know, it was so frustrating, do it? because did you, did you catch any of that uh, Mavericks comeback? I saw the whole thing, man. It was so dope. Why did he that, have to go down? <laughs> that's the, that's how you, man. I, I got goosebumps right now. I I really think that's that the game, Lord. See what did I say? This is still a spiritual podcast. The beautiful, the beautiful game, bro. I uh, we're now currently in eleventh, just one one spot outside the plan. I think there's a scenario we don't even need to be in the plan, and that is that when it comes to sports. It'll probably come back up later, but we won't we won't want to turn away uh, anybody who's listening for the the religious purposes. Come see us if you want to uh, talk Lakers or just basketball in general. But um, anyway, bro, how are you, dude? Besides uh, being tired, I mean, I know it was a long day. It's a long day yeah. for me too, bro. That's a that's a tough question. Um, well, Lent has just started, so <laughs> I'm figuring that out. For so for. My job here at the university, I uh, get to like one of the priests here at, at the ministry office. He said, hey, you want to like spiritually direct some uh, retreatants for Lent. So it's like a daily retreat for Lent. They get like 40 prompts basically to pray. And I was like, shit, yeah, I'll do it. And so I'm, I'm getting to walk with these three basically underclassmen who want to, you know, just do something for Lent. And man, I just spent three hours today talking one hour each to each three people about their, just their journeys and where they are in their prayer life. And it's like draining to do that, but it's, <laughs> it's put me in a place. I told all three of them, like I, I chose to do this because it keeps me accountable. I feel like this is my Lent that I have to, you know, sit and listen to you all and actually have to pray for you all and all that stuff. 
otherwise, I don't know if I would have done a lot of Lent stuff. But now I feel kind of uh, obligated to like. Yeah, yeah. So it's like a forty-day for retreat almost. For them. yeah, it's crazy. Well, I mean, I only meet them once a week, but they have enough material to like have something yeah, to talk yeah. about every day. This is probably so a good uh, me material. <laughs> this is probably a good uh, point. Five minutes in to uh, introduce ourselves, and that way you can kind of elaborate on what your job is, right, right, and our similarities. Yeah. So go ahead and introduce yourself, my, my my guy. That's probably true. I'll be talking like for work. I'm talking to priests and all these people, but uh, <laughs> it is my job. It's my part time job. Uh, I I don't know what what is it about me. I found myself here. Through a long line of good people. Where's here? Uh, here, San Diego, California. I live on the campus of University of San Diego, oh. which is a private Catholic university. One of 11 Catholic universities that are uh, tied to the diocese, not the not a religious order. Interesting. I didn't even know that. It's pretty cool. Yeah, there's only 11. Uh, one okay. of them is in Miami, Florida, too. Aha. Uh-huh. Shout okay. out Florida. We'll get there. I can, we'll get there. We'll get there. <laughs> so what do you what do you do for USD, bro? Uh, for uh, I am know. what they call a resident minister. So I live in the dorm. They don't like using the word dorm because it's a community. But I live in a dorm with freshman boys. I have my own apartment in the That's corner. That's amazing. Own, That's amazing. It sounds okay. I mean, it's freshman boys. I go out and it smells like ass. But... Uh, <laughs> It's cool. I have my own space, uh, and these guys, they know that I live here. I'm not an RA. I can't discipline them. I can't counsel them. I can't be their therapist. So they often do trust me. They come up to me and be like, hey, man, I just, like, broke up with my girlfriend, and how do I kind of navigate that? Or, like, someone says, like, yo, I want to go to church, but I don't really know what's going on there, or I don't really feel anything there what do you do? And so I'm able to kind of just walk with them uh, without giving them like sound advice, not that I don't give them sound advice, but I'm not, I'm a minister, right? I'm not a therapist mm-hmm. or a One counselor. One would say so it's cool. you minister on campus. That's right. I'm a campus minister, uh, part-time. There you go. There you on go. the other end, full-time, I work for the Jesuit volunteers basically uh, to help people find opportunities if you, if you don't say. mind, t- tell us a, a, a quick tidbit about JVC. Yeah, let me recruit you right now. So <laughs> JVC is a year-long program for folks who want to do direct service with marginalized populations. They work for justice issues, pro- most dominantly in like housing and mm. healthcare and all that stuff. But the cool thing is, I mean, you can do Peace Corps, right, and do like sick projects of, you know, saving the world. But the cool thing about JVC, the Jesuit Volunteer Corps, is that you're also uh, part of a formation program. So you go on five retreats throughout the year to deepen like your your tie to, all right, what does faith, good faith look like when I do this kind of work? I'm not just a activist or some angry mm-hmm. you know kid trying to change the world. I'm doing it because I believe in a, a God that you know believes in justice, believes in love and mercy, compassion. And what does that look like? And so the five retreats throughout the year give you an opportunity and the daily life of, you know, that reflection and examine of your conscience every day gives you a chance to really explore why this type of work matters, this type of service. So I support volunteers coming into the program who are doing it for a year, mostly college students. So it it works out that I'm on a campus because I've talked to a lot of seniors who are like, man, I want to do something really good, but I also want to like you know, have some formation or I want to like, I want to make sure I have a community when I leave college and JVC is a, is an option for them. So I have a, I'm a, I'm pretty, uh, I enjoy what I do, but it is a lot of, uh, caring for people, which demands that I, you know, I have to take care of myself in order to mm-hmm. do that, which is a Can't lot. Can't give what you don't have, my guy. That's right. It's so a spiritual circle of life. You know what I'm saying? That's what we're doing here. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yeah. So Rob and I actually have uh, the campus ministry thing in common. I am currently uh, the campus minister at UCLA um, in Westwood, um, specifically for uh, music and liturgy. So I'm I'm basically taking care of the worship over there, but uh, as well as ministering to people. In fact, my my boss when he when he uh, hired me, Father Jamie, shout out to the Paulists. He uh, it was broad, but he was just like. 
yeah, Pepe, we just need you to be here. And that was it. <laughs> I, was, I was like, great. I went back to my wife and I was like, yeah, I mean, he he he, he said my job description. He was just like, be here. <laughs> and I was Isn't like, that crazy? I was like, great. That That's awesome. This is why I say in the opening that we are blessed because we get to talk about things that uh, we love, things that are... Um, you know, that shaped, that have shaped who we are and the decisions we make. And, um, you know, unlike a lot of people in this world, we get to spend a lot of time with Jesus. We, we definitely do. It is a, it is a awesome opportunity, not only to evangelize, but to continue to get myself, uh, closer to the Lord. And it has been a blessing. Uh, let me tell you, um, my wife and I just had our first, uh, baby, little baby boy named August, um, this past September. Yes, I get it. Everyone says the whole name thing. He is named after St. Augustine. Um, and yeah, the community there has been just so awesome. I mean, from the, the pastoral staff to the students that have really just welcomed us in there. Um, yeah, they've, they, they almost just feel like they're a part of our family. They've seen Gus since he was, you know, an infant, just crying at mass and now he is a almost six month old you know chilling at mass less crying you know he's just praying and everyone gets to see him afterwards it's 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 dope i will say that is pretty cool i mean they're probably gonna see him walk at a certain point yeah start comprehending things that's pretty wild you know yeah especially our like um there's a lot of people like on our student leadership team that are uh you know, fourth years that are going to be gone, um, which will be sad, obviously, in itself. But we we have, you know, we've met some good non-fourth years that are basically going to see Gus uh, kind of grow up over these next year to two years. And it's um it's pretty cool because they we just feel like they love him so much. And in turn, that makes us feel uh, feel loved. And it's a it's a cool atmosphere to be uh, raising your first child in, I must yeah. say. Yeah, and he's gonna r- recognize them. Oh my gosh, bro! I, it's 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 crazy to think that uh, all my son's friends are college students. Hey, <laughs> my boy, hey. my boy got Riz. He got <laughs> he got game. Yeah, the 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 college uh, ladies over there at the Catholic Center are definitely more obsessed with him than uh, my 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 dudes out there, even though they like For him sure. Too. But uh, hey, however yeah, you evangelize, that's how you evangelize. <laughs> we use the baby to bring people closer to the Lord. That's why we had him. Actually. No. Um, <laughs> anyway, that was. Uh, hey, I do have a question because you okay, brought okay. it up. Go ahead. You said it's a good way to evangelize. Do you really feel like you are evangelizing people, like bringing <laughs> converting people to Jesus? That is such a. Hey, that's a good question for for a campus minister because. Here, I was serving as a uh, uh, director of confirmation before this, okay? So um, high school ministry and college young adult ministry are just completely different. So the short answer to your question, by definition, is probably no, because they all want to be there already, which is the beautiful thing about college and young adult ministry. I don't have to like, hey, you know, like, let's play a game to make this sick for you. No, everyone wants to to be there that's that's there they're you know um they're asking the right questions they want to learn more about the faith they just want to spend time with Jesus and that is refreshing but what i do feel like we do is we try to deepen uh said relationships that are already there whether i think that's the whole thing uh, about relational ministry and quote unquote being there my office will be open and someone will just come in and we will just talk about what's going on um, in their life, in their studies, things that they're going to do out outside of school and after school. And um, I think that's where the the ministry happens. And and I guess one could argue that that is a form of, evan- of evangelization, but I guess the, you know, by the literal dev- definition, just trying to get someone to like, you know, know who God is and commit to Christ and become a Christian, like that itself is already there. So um, yeah, sure. is, that, is that where you were going with that? I guess so. It's like that whole story of uh, what's the soil like, you know, mm. the, what, what's the seed falling on or whatever, whatever it's the good. story is. It's good soil, I will say. I think a lot of people have their apprehensions. This is for another episode, but I do want to talk about this eventually. But a lot of people have a lot of things to say about California in general in the Catholic world, but there are very good 
planted Catholics in good soil here in California. That's a whole thing. Yeah, we will break that shit down when it yeah. comes to it because your boy is passionate about said topic. Okay, we're here to be Catholics here in California. Yeah. Our, all of our cities. Oh, don't get me started. All of our cities. Saints, baby. The capital. All of them. The Blessed Sacrament. Okay. It is for Isn't that crazy? We will talk about it. We we are going to have an entire episode dedicated to that, and I will get the homies on this pod that are just as passionate about evangelizing California and continuing to win. Can we get the homies that are evangelizing in Texas? Yeah, sure. They can come too. (laughs) It's easier, though. Sorry. Sorry, everybody in Texas. That's what I'm saying. Anyway, let's just... I mean, I think facts are facts, but... People, people understand this. <laughs> anyway, um, before we kind of keep keep the ball rolling, at least you guys know where you know who we are, uh, what we do. Um, I want to kind of share why Rob and I decided to start this Catholics Who Cuss Sometimes pod. Okay, and reason number one is every fucking guy has a pod, so we we just you know we needed one too. <laughs> no, okay, that's not a reason. I find it kind of like it's it's hard for me when I'm telling a student that me and my homie are about to record a podcast because I could just I could sense it in their eyes and in their being. They're just really you got a pot? No, I'm just playing. Some of them some of them like it because they like us. <laughs> I think <laughs> they said they'll listen. We'll see. But anyway, the main reason is one. Rob and I. Uh, have these conversations already when when we catch up um it's very life-giving uh we're able to be completely real uh with one another we can talk about the shit that's going on in our life um whether that doesn't directly look like it has to do with our faith but knowing the the kind of guys we are and the kind of guys we're striving to be everything kind of points back to our faith so whether we're talking about the lakers or we're talking about a movie or the crazy shit that's going on in the world somehow it always kind of circles its way back to uh to jesus and we were just getting so much out of it and, and not to imply that other people can get something out of it but i just you know I've just been seeing a lot of videos online of people being like, why not record them? It's just like a cool thing to have. You're just recording the dope conversations that you already have that we're going to reference back in further conversations anyway. Right? That's reason one. What do, what do you think? <laughs> what do you think about that? Yeah, I think that I think it's true. I think it's good to just track these things. Uh, at your wedding, you had one of those phone message things. And oh, yeah. I was drunk as fuck. And I left y'all a message. <laughs> and I think I said some good things. You did. However, you did. For, for, however, for context, instead of a like book for people to sign, like a guest book or whatever, we had one of these like old rotary phones that when you pick it up, it records a voicemail. And so our guest book is more of like a, you know, a sonic thing that we eventually turned into like a vinyl. Uh, but anyway, continue. I mean, it's your auditory people, so it makes sense for you. But the point being... Like you can capture a lot with someone's voice, right? I think that I can, I'm not going to text you how you doing, right? And be yeah. like, hey man, what's up? Let's catch up via text. Or I'm not going to like do anything. But like to hear hear each other talk says a lot. Like you can proclaim things. Mm-hmm. You can make things emotional. Tone. And so I, I just, I think, yeah, tone. And, and you understand that on a different level, right? Like you know how things sound and you know how things come out when they're spoken and I think that matters. So I think whether or not anyone else gets anything out of it, it's when I hear you, literally, it's like, oh, shit, I have to really reflect on that because I'm hearing something. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, reason one is correct. Same, man. Same, man. I feel that way uh, about you as well. Um, I think while you were while we were breaking down reason one, um, it occurred to me that like every retreat I went on like growing up, there's always someone that uh, um, ends up giving a part of their talk or sharing that says like journaling is like really powerful, <laughs> you know, and uh, I just in my personality, I'm like, yeah, it probably is for like a lot of people. 
I love that for you. Like that was just my uh, thought on it. And I just, I know a lot of people who do it and a lot of people that get something out of it. Low key, this is the, uh, you know, this is the version <laughs> of journaling. I think exactly. for me, it's it's auditory and I can just talk. I don't have to sit and like, um, write something down, even though God probably wants me to do it. And I think it's cool because it's a, it's an actual conversation. Cause I get, um, right. so much, uh, from that. Um, and we'll break down with this. That kind of leads into reason three, but, um, yeah, reason two, um, the title. Okay. The title is, uh, hopefully gonna stir up something in you when you, uh, when you first see it, if you are a, uh, you know, devout, Catholic churchgoer. <laughs> I hope you if see you're it here. Like, yeah, if you're here, I hope I hope you saw it and we were like, what is this about and why? Um no, I think uh how can I explain this uh in the best way that I can and chime in when 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 you think. But Rob and I come from a uh a generation, let's say. Our we are I am turning 30 this year, Rob, if you don't mind sharing. How how old are you? I'm turning 32 in a couple months. In a couple months. Okay, yeah. So we are in our early 30s, and we come from a generation where, um, you know, sorry, mom, but whether it was good or bad for us, and I know it's it's not the best thing, you know, we receive uh, the Lord with these mouths. Um, This was just a part of our vernacular. I mean, I don't know how else to describe it. When I'm being completely myself and authentic, um, I am not really filtering the words. And again, I'm sure someone's going to listen to this and just be like, you really should be doing that. I know. <laughs> yeah, he tried to stop for Lent that one time. Yeah, that one year. That was tough. That was tough. And not it's not like, <laughs> I, I mean, you're listening to us now. There's probably been eight cuss words that you've heard so far. That's why it says sometimes. Um, uh, but on a, on a serious note, I think we are the most uh, authentic versions of ourselves. At least I'm speaking for me and Rob. I, I, I could confidently say that when we don't have to think about um, all of that stuff and filtering uh, our language because I think, uh, for better or for worse, um, a lot of people in our faith as Catholics tend to do that uh, when they are in the actual, you know, brick and mortar, not the, you know, the actual body of Christ, like the church itself as a people. But when they're in that building and they're surrounded with um, the people, <laughs> I just, I, I can just feel it. Some people are not as authentic. Some people, uh, let's say, code switch a little bit. Um, and as soon as they get around their quote unquote people, um, they're able to, you know, just get back into uh, a flow of conversation that they're comfortable doing wherever. So that's, I think, something we're very passionate about just bringing that to the church. We're not saying like we're going to go to mass and just cuss in like an exhortation or something like that. But in these types of settings and these conversations, um, we don't want to think about those when we're having these conversations. I, I don't know if it was you who told me this. It might've been, but it stuck with me. I might've heard it in a homily or whatever. It was probably but, me. I'm just kidding. <laughs> shit. Um, uh, it was about being humble actually. No, no. Um, <laughs> All right. It's um, not me. It's not me. <laughs> So I, someone was telling me like, so Jesus was a carpenter, right? And he went to go get fishermen. Mm-hmm. And usually a carpenter would not be able to go up to a fisherman and be like, hey, man, I'm going to make you table makers. I'm going to make you wood shapers. He said, mm-hmm. I'm going to make you fishers of men. So in in my mind, Jesus, although did not have the language of a fisherman, knew how to attract a fisherman, right? He mm-hmm. wasn't going to use words that he was comfortable with because it, you know, it it, it was right. He he wanted to use the language that you understood. Yeah. And I th- and I think he does that with us now. I and I not that cussing is a language that you need to understand, but I, it it's how I grew up. It's the language I grew up around. And so why can't God use certain words to talk to me like bring out more emotion bring out more Mm -hmm. energy or whatever 
And so I just think not to justify it, right? But yeah, it's just yeah. it's, trust. I, uh, it's I confess it every every time I go into the booth. You oh, know? you confess that? I do. I mean, like, I don't I don't see it as like a mortal sin because I'm not consciously thinking this is bad and I am going to now make the decision to use the the word. But I'm just like, I stub my toe and I'm just like, shit. <laughs> This is painful. And and then there's the whole argument of who made these words bad. All words are made up. But I think at the heart of it is speaking the same language. I love that you um, mirrored that back to, to Jesus and how he, you know, got his homies. I think for me and you, at least, like when we talk, this is how we talk. And just because we plug in microphones and we're now trying to to minister to, to, to other people um, through our conversation... I'm not going to now just filter the way that I talk because of it, right. you know? And so I, I think yeah. that's just the whole idea behind it. Another layer of that too, though, is like, I think getting rid of formalities when we're, when we're praying or talking or whatever, like it just opens up more doors for vulnerability, for conversation, man. If I can yes. be my full self around you, you're going to get more of me and you're going to get therefore more of God or whatever I have to offer. Like, so I'm a resident minister here and I was doing, I'm doing this Lenten retreat with some of the kids here. And we had like an opening kind of ceremony where you get to meet all the directors and stuff. And the dude was like, all right, can we have all the directors stand up? And all of us stood up and everyone else was like a priest or one of the full-time ministers. And they're all wearing like their pants and their dress shoes and all that stuff. And I rolled in with basketball shorts and a hoodie mm-hmm. and I was the only one. Right. And it's like, what's what is ministry of like like warmth and relatability look like and I, and i think i do that well right i just think that's part of how you get close to people is to be vulnerable is to be authentic and and speak the way you're going to speak anyway like i don't need yeah. to wear dress shoes or dress up and when i do i will you know but i don't need to um and, and this com- is just another place to keep doing that yeah, dude. Like, I feel, um, I, I think it also is in line with um, just being uh, with the people that you are breaking bread with. You know what I mean? If I if I come at the people that um, maybe are, you know, interested, it's like maybe like a friend bringing, like a, a student at the Catholic Center is bringing a friend in that's not really too familiar with it, but is kind of like, interested in it are they gonna vibe more with someone that they feel like oh i have to be like my most prim and proper self around this person or are they gonna be more comfortable with me if i'm and again this is gonna maybe sound like uh uh, two early 30 year olds trying to be cool with their college students but that's i mean i (laughs) i'm not trying to speak like you know their lingo but i'm gonna talk the way that i talk because that is the the best way I know how to um, reach people and to uh, and uh, just being my authentic self. And so I think uh, this is <laughs> the person God made me to be. And um, yeah, I just think it's 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 dope. So it's not really to, to cause any controversy or anything like that. It's just it's giving you fair warning if you are <laughs> Yeah. Uh, an avid listener of any other Catholic podcast that you so you're not just like, what did he just say? I'm like. You were warned by the title, okay? By the you know, title. We're just, we're just going to uh, be as real as possible. But uh, before we get to reason three, um, which is kind of like our, our final reason, uh, you got some news, bro. Uh, my man's Rob uh, just got engaged, okay? Why don't you walk us through that story, bro? We saw the video. Joe teared up. Joe is my wife. Walk through it. Uh, and how's it been? I mean, like... Talk about yeah. the proposal, but then I want to know how uh, engaged life has been. I missed that season, dog. For sure. Uh, if you're still listening up to this point, <laughs> turn it off. <laughs> um, the The crazy thing is, so uh, if anyone knows me, I'm a avid basketball player. I play all, all the time. It's like my identity, I guess. Um, I <laughs> tore my ACL. When you turn 30, you just break your knees. I tore my ACL doing the same shit that I always do, jumping around. And I got kind of bedridden, definitely bedridden for like a couple months. And I remember sitting around there and it was just gave me a lot of time to think about who I want to be and what I want to do in my life. And and I knew I wanted to be with this woman 
and here I was sitting doing nothing about it. And I was like, how can I say something, you know, that, oh, how can I say that I want to be with this person and, you know, not do anything about it? Like what, what kind of conviction is that? And so I started thinking about, it was near love Christmas that, by, by the that way. time. I love that thought. I think that's the thought when every man is ready to, uh, <laughs> ready For to, sure. to we, enter that stage. You're just like, there's really no reason I shouldn't be engaged to this woman now. <laughs> Bro, there was a time, this is to the listeners, like when you were talking to me and, you know, and I was, we were kind of, it was like kind of working through the growing pains of relationship and all that. And I remember after several times meeting up with you, the final conversation, you asked like, so how are you and Marielle doing? And I said, well, like, uh, at this point, I've kind of just run out of reasons to like, you know, to be upset. And then you said, you said something to the same lines where it's like, well, I mean, I just, yeah, you if there's nothing stopping you, then it's just <laughs> what are you, you doing, you know? Man? Yeah, what are you doing? <laughs> I was like, shit, you might be right, man. And then having time to sit with that, it, it became really real for me. And not to say that it was I needed an injury to realize that. I, mm-hmm. It was going to happen mm-hmm. eventually, but slowing down my life really made me appreciate her more and more. Yeah, I mean, for and those was, who don't know Rob, he's a very, very active, active yeah. guy. That's true. Yeah. My life has been so slow recently. Um, but I was thinking about Christmas presents right after that because it was Christmas time. And I was like, oh, damn. Like, I know what present I need to get her. I need to get her <laughs> freaking ring. Like, what am I What am I here talking about getting her presents? And I'm thinking about marrying her. Like, what? what's the connect here? So I figured out a plan. She's uh, She'll be okay with this. She's kind of nerdy. We go to museums a lot and she'll like look at all the little toys in the gift shop and she'll be like, Ooh, I want a microscope. Every time we see a microscope, she's like, I want a microscope. I, I always thought it was kind of a joke, but I think she was kind of serious. So I got her a microscope, one of those high end student microscopes with the that you plug in and shit. And then I made <laughs> these little slides uh, and made microscopic text, like literally microscopic. I thought you could just write really small, but it's actually like microscopic. It's a micro dot. You can Google that. That's like James Bond stuff. Um, <laughs> it, it, so it's low those. key a very, very cute idea. I, I, I am not ashamed to say it. It was a very cute plan. I think it's. I think it's cute, man. It was very cute. <laughs> uh, the text was sh- like long enough to where it was uh, engaging for her, so that when she read it, she was like, "Oh, this is a really sweet letter." Is it, is he, you know, how he really loves me, blah, blah, blah. But <laughs> while, when she opened it on Christmas, I, we were with her family for Christmas. She has a big family. We went down to Florida. She opened it, saw the microscope, was like, oh, sick, microscope. I've always wanted one. Uh, I said, hey, I made you some slides, by the way. And I handed them to her. It was kind of hectic. She had some nieces who needed help. So she was like, okay, I'll look at these later, blah, blah, blah. And I just go ahead and put it in there. I'm like, all right, just read this slide when you get back kind of thing she came back her brother-in-law was actually trying to read it because he thought it was like a normal <laughs> slide and i was like bro you need to get out of here there's some sensitive information on that little piece of uh, slide so he gets out of the way she goes to read it she starts reading it everyone knows at this point that i'm going to propose to her because i had told them all like hey she's going to read something and it might get emotional the crazy part is this was about two months after my uh, ACL surgery. So I couldn't uh, fully kneel at the time. So yeah, that was the biggest Bro, when surprise. I saw the video, I looked at Joe and I was like, is that his good knee? Because if it's his bad yeah. knee, that's kind of tough. That, it was tough, bro. I told my, my PT was the second person to know. No, but it's kind of like, I, I like the idea of you kneeling on the bad knee because it's like, hey, I'm, I'm giving my life to you right now. That's right. I'm sacrificing everything for this moment for you. Um, she had to help Please me say up because yes. I couldn't get up. Yeah, she was more surprised. So she was really surprised because I was like, how would he ever engage to me if he can't even get on his knee? So that was a big deal to just do that with her family. She saw me. We were already talking, having these conversations, and it just kind of solidified, confirmed and affirmed everything that we had both been sharing with one another and mm-hmm. speaking into existence. Um, and that's, it's just been a whirlwind since then where it's like, dude, I didn't realize it's a lot, like it's a a lot, bro. It's it's a lot. I thought about, 
opening my own catering company in the last month. I was like, man, I can, <laughs> uh, shit, pay me thousand dollars. I'll cook you food. You were like, it's you crazy. were like, flowers are how much? I know, what, bro. What if this was for a graduation and you say that and I guarantee it's cheaper? It's crazy. Yeah. Like it, they ask wild. you if it's for a wedding and I feel hesitant to say that it's for a wedding. Yeah. Like, you're just like, I can't believe. Is this for a I wedding? And you're like, maybe. <laughs> yeah. It's like, no, it's just a reception. You know, it's just a party. Yeah. It's very weird, <laughs> but it's. It's challenging in a way where it's like, ooh, I didn't know you cared about that so so much. Or, oh, yeah, yeah. how are we going to organize this? And so it's like a really cool season to... Yeah, yeah. Obviously, I'm talking to the choir here, but it's like, wow, you figure out new things about somebody just because you've decided that you will spend the rest of your life together. Yeah, yeah. And, and, it's, the, and it's, a, it's a unique season, too, for that reason that you just said. And for the fact that it's... it's I think for... A majority of couples, I, I dare to say 99% of them, I'm sure, and I'm talking about Catholic couples here, um, it's the shortest season that you have in your relationship. So you'll have your like yeah. dating, you'll have marriage, obviously, maybe you could even call like like having a kid, like a, a new a new one too. But um, yeah, like engagement is like, in the grand scheme of your life, is uh, the shortest one. So it's not Whirlwind. only are you learned... Not only are you learning uh, all these new things and having other conversations that you may not have been having prior to um, putting that ring on it, but it's also a quick, <laughs> quick time yeah. for, for y'all. Hella fast, in a good hella way. Hella fast. It's crazy. <laughs> I, I'm I'm trying to figure out. Like, man, I feel like it's not worth it. Like, <laughs> wait, let's what? Just get married, right? Not, not. I feel like it is so short that it's easy to say. Like, man, let's just get to the marriage part and move forward like i'm yeah, tired let's of start let's the, the rest the, of our life yeah ready. the awesome parts <laughs> yeah the hard, there is the so hard much to figure out in engagement and it, it, i i can't deny that so it, it's a weird balance where like some days i'm like oh man let's just get married yeah yeah some days it's like oh man this is awesome i'm learning something about you it's been good and though Are, have you uh have you been enjoying the season through through the uh the busyness i think so both of us are like very uh non- we're not neither of us are as decisive as uh we look to the rest of the world so when we're looking at each other we're just like oh, what are we who's gonna make this call here so i'm learning a lot too about how to like not necessarily take control but to be firm and to yeah like, yeah know why we're making certain decisions so mm -hmm. that's a cool little balance yeah but it, yeah it, i'm enjoying it man i would y'all start marriage I wouldn't, yet? nah our priest is in our priest likes to travel uh, and he's on vacation because it's spring break at school, so we're starting when he gets back. But. We loved marriage prep, bro. Shout out to Father Tim Grumbach, the homie uh, from here. He he treated our spiritual our, our our marriage prep like couples spiritual direction. So I had a spiritual director um, at the time that almost uh, that almost did our our marriage prep. I think beforehand, um, before we knew Father Tim was uh, go going to be doing it. And um, he told us that he wanted to handle uh, marriage prep in that way. So it was kind of it was kind of good for me because I still had um, my spiritual director to be able to talk to about things, uh, you know, like man to man kind of things, things that yeah. I deal with right here. And then we had a priest that was walking with us as a couple, like just getting ready to to do that. And you know, he's been a a, a very good friend to us. And so I hope I hope marriage prep is kind of like that for you, bro, because it was it was sure. it was awesome. Yeah, I did that focus thing, the the like the inventory of all that. Oh, stuff the questionnaire and, thing. Yeah, which is super <laughs> cool. Yeah, that's uh, wild. It's cool though. My spiritual director happens to be the priest who's going to marry us too. Oh, cool, uh, cool. But he knows both of us, and it's just been. It's yeah, I'm excited. That's probably the one thing that people ask us, like, "Oh, how's how's it going? What are you like looking forward to?" Marielle will always say, man, I'm ready to do this marriage prep stuff because I think that's like, yeah, yeah. That's what engagement season's for. You don't, yeah. you don't really do that anywhere else. So that's the, yeah. that's like uh, the nitty gritty. You're really like, and they break everything down, bro. When we did like our marriage retreat, it was like everything, bro. Like you would think it was just like, I think I had a, a, a false perception that it was going to mainly be like super focused on like the spiritual aspects of what happens when you like become one. Um, but they talked about everything, bro, like finances, how you're going to discipline your children. Like, what do you do when you have problems with like in-law? I was like, wow, this is, this is cool. a lot. Duh. I'm hype. 
Yeah, but it's cool. It's a cool season. Um, yeah. but I think you know we're we're getting kind of towards our uh, uh, our not that we put a time frame on this, but I know we don't want this to be like kind of crazy. So I think sure. in closing, really, we just want to talk about the uh, third and final reason um, Rob and I are doing this. Um, and I, I'm gonna let you kind of take the reins with this one because uh, I I think it's a, a beautiful. Um, kind of look at prayer and at conversation in general. So uh, why don't you give them reason three, my G? Yeah. Uh, so we're both pretty talkative. We like having conversations. Um, we obviously recognize that our conversations are, in a way, we evangelize each other. And by evangelize, it's bring some sort of good news to each other, mm-hmm. bring each other closer to God um, through whatever we talk about. Um, and I think that that's what I've always learned, understood prayer to be everyone, every ministry that I've been a part of will be, would be sure to say that prayer is just conversation with God. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. and as I've grown older, I realize, well, why can't my conversation with, with you or anyone who I love and care for? Why can't that be prayer? Yeah, and it's conversation. A, it's like very s- scientific method. Like, if this is prayer, then why can't my conversation with this person also be prayer? Exactly. So the idea is like, we just we're just praying together by mm-hmm. us talking with each other, and and we don't have to, you know, uh, sit down and close our eyes and all that, but just just merely con conversing with one another Mm -hmm. is prayer and if you look at like the highest form of prayer that the church has the holy mass the sacrifice the two liturgies um to me and to many people i think the mass is just a conversation with god right and that conversation it's like chicken and egg reflects the conversations we have in, in with the people we love, right? With, yeah. When we're having dinner with people. Like if you look at the mass and you look at conversation, like if, every you, if, mass, you're, if you're looking at the mass, like a conversation, right? Yeah. Yeah. If you, if a conversation always starts with formalities, right? Like I, I knock on your door and say, what's up, bro? Like, how you doing? Just like the way we started this conversation, right? Like yeah, just yeah. saying like formalities, just checking in, shooting the shit, dapping up, saying sorry. Like, I'll be like, man, sorry I was late. Sorry I couldn't get my mic right, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> and you do the same. Sorry my baby's crying. Sorry the baby's crying. Yeah, and <laughs> you're you're not actually sorry, right? But, well, you are. But, like, yeah, you're you sorry. just have to say it. You have to say it. Like you, It's can't. like recognizing. And sorry, man, yeah, there was traffic. It's the recognition. Yeah, it's, so you come into a conversation recognizing certain things, recognizing circumstances. And we do the same thing at Mass. We do the same thing in prayer. We The first thing we do is recognize certain things. All right, you're God. I'm not God. I have, here's what I come with, my issues, my problems, my my joys, my sorrows. I put it on the table. What's up? <laughs> and so you get through those formalities and it's prayer, right? And it's the same thing. Like once you get through formalities, then you can start getting deeper into stuff. You get into the liturgies, you listen to the word of God and you share stories, just like in mass you're proclaiming the stories. You're like almost listening to freaking fairy tales. I was at Mass the other day and this girl was reading. Marielle said she was reading it like a fairy tale. And I was like, well, it is kind of like a story. You know, it's... It, you mean the way she's, me, uh, she's telling it, right? <laughs> correct, correct. Yeah, it's yeah. not... I'm, it's I'm not truth. a heretic, yes. Um, <laughs> you heretic? But, Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> all right, we're done. Um, <laughs> but the idea is like, we're just sharing stories with one another. Like... Once I get over the formality, I can now tell you about my day. I can tell you about my engagement. You mm-hmm. can share about Gus. You can, you can, we can share stories and be like, oh yeah, me too. Right. I can yeah, respond yeah. to that. Just like in mass, there's a response. You like, you, you share something and you, and then you respond. Mm-hmm. Then you share again and you respond and then you listen to God and you say something back. Yeah, and, and then, my favorite my favorite types of mass is when the when the homily is just going off and they're allowed for the congregation to just be like, "Yes, sir." Ain't that dude? I miss that at church. There's sometimes where I'm like, "Oh man, I really want to like affirm this," and 
there is like that formality and I can do that here, right? It's all yeah. good prayer. It's all good conversation 100%. where I can affirm your homily in the moment and we can we can talk about that, which why I enjoy good homilies because they do encourage that kind of like, what do you think? And you're, you mm-hmm. know, it gets you thinking. Mm-hmm. And then you hear this is the This people. is my sound when I hear a good point. Any talk, homily or not, just, mm. <laughs> I have heard you say that. Anytime. Yeah. If something good pops up, I'm just, mm. Mm. And then I'll just, I'll, I'll lean over to my wife and be like, that was fire. But people need to hear that, right? People need to know, because you'll, you'll hear that in your head sometimes where you're like, oh, I think that's good. But you need someone externally to confirm that for you too. Mm-hmm. Be like, oh, he thinks it's good too. Yeah, like this is all, uh, we're all hearing good news right now. Yes, sir. And that's what a conversation can do. Like I can affirm that in you, right? In the moments to make sure that you continue that that line of thought, that prayer, that that train that you're following already. Right, um, right. And then it just brings you like any good conversation to a like the sharing of a meal. I think all the best meals, all the best conversations happen over food. I grew up in that big household where it's like we gather around food and that's like where you're most vulnerable. I, I think of like snakes, you eat a meal, like you when you eat, you are at your most vulnerable. People see you chewing food, <laughs> your your fingers are dirty, whatever, right? And and I think that's what happens. Well, I know that's what happens at mass. You you you're breaking bread. You're drinking the blood of Christ. Like these are really intimate, vulnerable things. Mm-hmm. And that's that's the deep the most intimate thing of you can prayer, do. right? Be one. Yeah. You're one with this person. And I think that's what we do when we have conversations. Once we start sharing stories, we can be like, okay, yeah, we're relating to each other. And then you share food and then you share oneness and you become one kind of person. And not that we become like one train of thought but we 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 share in something and i think that's what we're doing when we have good conversations when we're praying quote unquote well we -hmm. can share uh and receive god in that way we can receive something from you not just to relate or you know listen to stories but to receive it and let it sit with us like a meal um and any good like conversation just like you said, like you have a word to affirm it. You have something, some sort of action to like, mm, you know, like, like there's a response uh, yeah, at yeah. the end of every mass. And that's what mass means, right? Is to go out, is to mission out. You're, the mass is meant for you to be able to go forth. Um, and good conversation, good prayer cannot end at that, right? It cannot end at sharing the meal and then we just kind of revel in it and sit in it. It has to result. It has to turn into a response to be like, all right, I feel like when I leave this conversation, when I leave this prayer, this mass, I can do something or mm-hmm. I can fold my clothes. I can wash my, di-, you know, anything, <laughs> right? Like it, 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 it forces you to reflect and respond. And I think that's what we're doing here. Like I can journal, and have good prayer but when i hear it from you when i talk to you and when i can be my full self i feel like i can be held accountable for my response too right like and and that's what community and church can do that's what good prayer can do is that it holds you accountable because you're you're talking to the god who sees all things so i'm just i think this whole pod is praying uh Mm -hmm. and for some people, that probably scares them, but I think yeah, at the yeah. End before of the day, before you, before you think we're being uh, blasphemous or anything like that, we're not comparing. You know, we're we're not saying we're doing like our own version of mass here. We're just saying if the mass is the highest form of prayer, and we've always been taught our entire life that prayer is just a conversation with God, then you could make the argument that that's the highest form of conversation. Now, this might not be the highest form of conversation, but it's a conversation nonetheless, and in in the way that our logical brains are working, then this conversation is also a prayer. In a in, scientific in, method, bro. Yeah, in it's a con, it's a prayer um, in itself. Like we didn't start with the sign of the cross. We may end in prayer. We may end with the sign of the cross. We may do whatever. But this entire thing, at least to us, and maybe you'll kind of vibe with us too when you're you're hearing these points, um, is a prayer as well. Or we at least that's what we want it to be. 
We want these things to be prayer. We're being authentic. We're sharing stories. We're catching up. We're calling each other up. We're being accountable for one another. We're sharing in um, each other's lives, really, you know. You know, we're not in the same room physically, so we're not really sharing a meal. But, you know, words, we can munch on these. <laughs> Whoa. I pulled uh, I pull, I pulled that one out. But, uh, yeah, I mean, does that, hopefully that makes sense. For it makes sense to us, obviously, and I think that's what matters, <laughs> right? Is that yeah, exactly. we get it. We get it. And I think the clarity that you and I share that translates, man, to people. I'm not here to evangelize people, but I, I know that when two people can communicate, I've seen two people talk to each other and I'm like, damn, they vibing and that's got to be God, right? Hmm. And so I'm not afraid of, you know, or like, or like the Lord is, the Lord is there, not that exactly they are <laughs> correct, God, correct. Yeah, yeah, but like, I'm oh man, like I can feel his presence. And I think. You know, we want to break it down, break it down. We know that where two or more are gathered, there he will be. But we are basically implying that. We're not like spelling it out for you and being like, oh, we recognize you're here, Jesus. Welcome to the pod. Yeah, don't need to. <laughs> and then, it and looks then, like that way anyway. And then we get quiet and that's we just crazy. wait. We just wait for the Lord to say something. And that's the that's the entire pod. No. Um, <laughs> Yeah, but I think it's dope. I mean, like, and think whatever you want to think if you've made it this far. But I think you said it eloquently in the best uh, way possible at the end there, which is we understand conversation to be like this. And at least the conversations that you and I have, um, like I said in the beginning, they're life-giving. And um, yeah, they're they're calling something out of us. And so um, that's what we want to do. I mean, we, we're going to have these conversations anyway. We're just recording it. And uh, whoever wants to listen can, uh, you know, partake in this prayer as well. Come, come, sit with us and and pray with us come, while we while we just yeah. talk. Come cuss sometimes with us. <laughs> amen, amen, amen. I think I would be kind of disappointed in myself if we didn't close. Um, I've been really taking this Lenten season. Uh, I don't know. I don't want to say well. I'm just like really serious about like the prayer I've been doing over the this past week. Um, so why don't we, at least for this first one, we may not do this every single episode, but um, why don't we just close with a with a quick Hail Mary, just kind of um, giving this conversation, this prayer to her and let it flow through her to Jesus. And uh, for anyone else that's listening, pray this with us. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Amen. In the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. Amen. Until next time, gang. Gang, gang.